This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, April 19th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Galley. Here's today's headlines. Ag groups like USMCA analysis. Grain groups seek Chinese compliance with WTO rulings. Toxics Agency looks for new chemicals to profile. And cold temperatures can affect bees during transport. Farm groups rally on USMCA analysis. Provisions in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement would likely boost U.S. ag exports by a modest 1.1%, that according to a report from the U.S. International Trade Commission. But U.S. ag groups are wholeheartedly supporting the revamp of the 25-year-old North American Free Trade Agreement. The National Pork Producers Council supports ratification of USMCA, an agreement that preserves zero-tariff access to markets that represent more than 30% of total U.S. pork exports. That NPPC trade lobbyist Nick Giordano. The true benefit that USMCA delivers for American farmers is certainty and stability, said Brian Keel, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade. Under NAFTA, ag exports to Canada and Mexico grew from $8 billion in 1993 to $40 billion last year. While USMCA would help directly increase U.S. dairy, poultry, and egg exports, the primary need for the new pact is often seen as ensuring that a replacement for NAFTA is secured. National Corn Growers Association President Lynn Chris said, NAFTA has been a resounding success for agriculture. USMCA secures and builds upon this important partnership, which is why ratifying USMCA is so important for agriculture. Now keep in mind, the analysis shows many benefits for U.S. ag beyond just boosting exports. For example, the report spotlights how USMCA benefits trade by establishing new unified sanitary and phytosanitary measures to prevent anything but science from determining import restrictions. Green groups call on China to heed WTO rulings. Now that the World Trade Organization has issued two rulings this year against China's domestic subsidies and its failure to live up to quota purchases, U.S. corn, wheat, and rice groups are all demanding the country change course. With these decisions, we call on the Chinese government to come into compliance with the rules it accepted when it joined the WTO. That U.S. Wheat Associates President Vince Peterson The world now sees that their policies stifle market-driven wheat trade, block export opportunities, and force private sector buyers and consumers to pay more than they should for milling wheat and wheat-based foods. On Thursday, the WTO said China had not kept promises it made almost 20 years ago to buy billions of dollars of wheat, rice, and corn through tariff rate quotas. U.S. Grains Council President and CEO Tom Slate called the WTO report an important acknowledgement of China has not fulfilled its obligations to allow for tariff rate quotas for corn to be filled while maintaining high domestic corn prices consistently above international prices. China only recently tore down the final barriers to U.S. rice and millers are hopeful China will finally begin implementing the tariff rate quota it pledged to set up when it joined WTO in 2001. Now that Chinese importers can buy U.S. rice, we urge China to come into compliance with this WTO report and with February's report on domestic producer subsidies. That Bobby Hanks, chair of the USA Rice Federation's International Trade Policy Committee. 
Toxic Substances Agency seeks nominations for future profiles. The federal agency that just released a toxicology profile on glyphosate is seeking input on which chemicals to assess next. In a federal register notice to be published today, the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry is asking for nominations by May 19th. ATSDR will consider nominations from its substance priority list of 275 chemicals, including insecticides, diazinon, and chlorperfos. ATSDR's glyphosate profile did not reach a definitive conclusion about its carcinogenicity. Most studies found no association between exposure to glyphosate-based products and risk of cancer, it said, but it added a possible association between the exposure to glyphosate and a risk of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma could not be ruled out based on conflicting results. Studies suggest cold temperatures could contribute to colony loss during bee relocation. Cold temperatures inside honeybee colonies could contribute to colony loss during transport. That in a preliminary report from USDA's Agriculture Research Service. Each year, some 2 million bees are trucked to California almond groves, but transporters have noticed many of the pollinators die before their arrival. Usually, transporters worry about colonies getting too hot during shipping, but ARS researcher Dakota Maliker says chilling can result in developmental abnormalities when larvae emerge as adult bees. This could be the cause of smaller colonies failing within a few weeks of being shipped. We hypothesize that during transportation, colonies experience cold temperature stress, which causes internal hive temperature to vary outside of normal thermoregulation. Maliker and five co-authors said in a paper published in Environmental Entomology, colony size may affect thermoregulation with larger colonies processing both a greater thermal mass and ability to produce metabolic heat. Maliker adds that before pointing to cold temperatures, other factors that occur during long-distance trucking needs to be examined, such as vibration, air pressure, diesel exhaust, and confining. EPA Pesticide Advisory Committee to meet next month. EPA's Pesticide Program Dialogue Committee will meet May 8th and 9th, the agency announced in today's Federal Register. PPDC members include representatives of environmental, public health, and animal rights groups, farm worker organizations, pesticide industry, and trade associations, pesticide users, growers, and commodity groups, federal and state, local, tribal governments, the general public, and academia. The agenda will be posted May 1st. Here's today's He Said It. This new report by the United States International Trade Commission shows that the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement not only preserves duty-free market access to two of our most important trading partners, it also shows that we can create 176,000 American jobs and add more than $68 billion to the U.S. economy. That Dennis Slater president of the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, April 19th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.